now. Thank you. <laughs> uh, if everybody, uh, welcome uh, again. Uh, it's the second half of ELT training camp, and I think that was a longer halftime than since Super Bowl two three days but uh we're we're back and excited to be here if everyone would um please put in the chat your relay where you're relaying from i'm uh in roanoke virginia i relay with uh virginia's blue ridge i am Susie lawrence i left out the important part uh i'm the volunteer lead for the national relay leadership team or the nrlt as we call it um i didn't mention this monday kind of messed up in explaining what the nrlt is and uh, it's made up of a team of volunteers from each of the regions and division and UES. And we also have a representative from Global Relay. So the region's leadership team selects their relay representative. And we're very fortunate and have a, a amazing team representing all of the relays across the United States and, and the globe, too. So thank you so much for being on with us Um I know that we said we were going to see if there were any questions left over from Monday's training. So uh, if you've thought of anything after training ended, please put it in the chat. And we'll try to address it. Um, so without further ado, this is part two of the training. Um, as we said on Monday, if you're planning on attending an in-person training in your area, this will be redundant information, so it's okay for you to leave this virtual training. Uh, we won't hurt our feelings at all. We just don't want to impact your in-person training experience, and we want to be respectful of your time. Um, it, the training was developed in response to things that we heard from volunteers and staff that people wanted in-person trainings. Uh, so those are going on across the country in some places, but Logistically, we understand that not everyone can attend an in-person training from the ELT. So we've condensed the four-plus-hour in-person training to two one-plus-hour virtual trainings. And this is our second second half. So uh, we're also recording them just in case people couldn't make them and that you can share them with your teams. Um, but now, you know, you've picked up on our football theme. Uh, so our third and fourth Fourth quarters, uh, we'll be covering community partnerships, effective meeting tips, mission impact, and voice of the customer results. And today's coaches are Jolene Wegstein, Sherry Slover, and Heidi Varner. And um, they are NRLT members, current and former, and they're they helped work on developing the content, and I really want to thank them for all of their work and uh, sharing their talents. They're so, so good. I'm um, so lucky to have them. Um, and I guess without further ado, Jolene, I'm going to turn it over to you. You'll be kicking off the second half and leading the discussion on community partnerships. Fantastic. Thank you, Susie. I am um, going to apologize from last or earlier this week. I had some sound issues, so I'm going to be watching the chat really quickly to make sure I think I solved those sound issues. But if not, let me know um, and I'll make a quick adjustment. But I am going to be watching that chat as we go to go through. Um, so as Susie mentioned, my name is Jolene Wegstein. Um, I currently, well, I am rolling off as the co-lead uh, for Relay for Life for the California Guam Hawaii Division. And you're going to meet my co-lead, my incoming co-lead, um, a little bit later today, Sherry. That's exciting. But I'm going to be rolling into a role um, in just kind of a training capacity. I've been with the organization since 1999 and have been a relayer ever since then. So I'm excited um, to share a little bit about what we have coming on with Relay for Life this year and some training opportunities. My um, profession is in education, so this always feels very natural for me to combine my passion for the American Cancer Society uh, with my profession of education and teaching. So we're going to go ahead and jump right in um, to community partnerships and kind of what that really looks like and, and why that is so important in partnering with our communities. And so we want to make sure um, that we're really looking at this as a partnership, right? So this donor engagement process, this um, vendor engagement and sponsor engagement interaction is between you as a representative of the American Cancer Society and others in your community, community leaders, sponsors, vendors, and donors. 
So there's so many organizations and nonprofits um, that are also making requests. We want to make sure that we build solid relationships with those vendors, sponsors, and donors to create that great partnership. We want to make sure that we're strategizing um, to enable us to build those strong relationships to get or retain a donor, vendor, or a sponsor. Um, these strategies will also help us to ensure that our donors are being heard, that our communication is relevant and personalized, and that we're in taking time to say thank you accordingly and sincerely. And I think that it's really appropriate that we're talking about this component. I saw in Facebook land that it's um, National Thank You Appreciation Day. So I thought that just felt um, very applicable in this moment that we do want to make sure that as we're building that partnership, um, that part of it is also being sincere and giving meaningful thanks and acknowledging that. Um, it also you know, just helps to acknowledge future contributions as well as the what's already kind of been done, right? Thank you for your, for your future partnership. Um, engaging our donors will not only have a benefit for standard donations, we're talking about money, <laughs> but also our in-kind contributions. So maybe that uh, company in your community that um, donates a thing that helps your event be successful. Maybe it's tents or stages or porta potties. Let's be real. If we can get those donated, that's pretty awesome. Or maybe it's a restaurant that wants to donate um, food for your survivor meal. You know, those kinds of in-kind donations as well as gifts. Um, a lot of companies support the American Cancer Society by providing time for their employees to volunteer for our organization. And so that too is another way that we're engaging those partnerships. We also want to encourage um, those, you know, non-tangible things or even people, uh, but really sharing their network. So companies and organizations or donors um, and sponsors, they may also have a wider network that we can expand our network and really connect with um, new donors and potentially recruiting new volunteers and new partners with the American Cancer Society. All right, next slide. So the first thing, and we touched about this, talked a little bit about this on Monday. So if you haven't, um, weren't available on Monday, make sure you catch the recording to also really learn a little bit about our kind of our impact story, or we called it our elevator pitch also. Um, so the first part of engaging our community partners is we want to tell that impact story. We need to connect with the donor with our first, our own pitch, our own connection, as well as how they will impact the American Cancer Society and those that are served by the American Cancer Society. So we're talking about, um, you know, where does the money go? What is your, what does your donation do? What does it provide for um, those that are connected to the American Cancer Society? So this is a great way. Um, I was on Facebook earlier today and I was noticing there's a lot of chatter around mission chairs um, and folks listening for ways to tie in the mission as they're connecting with partners and, and they're planning for their Relay for Life events. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're gonna talk about it tonight. Um, so this impact story is another way to really, or this kind of impact moment is another way to tie back to the mission of the American Cancer Society, right? We wanna make sure that we're connecting, that we're not just asking for money to get money, we're asking for money to fund the mission, which in turn is truly about um, you know, ending cancer and providing programs and services for our cancer patients and their families. One of those parts of that is really with that impact story is making your personal connection. So you want to really take that time to connect on that personal level. And that's often sharing your personal connection or how you've been touched um, or helped um, with the American Cancer Society or how you've been touched um, like cancer to really make that real for someone. Um, we also want folks to see that it truly is, our organization truly does connect and help people. I often talk um, about a connection that I have. I, as I said, I'm an educator and I um, taught fourth grade for many, many years. And one year I had a student who was diagnosed uh, with thyroid cancer while she was in class with me. Um, and her mom right away came right in and said, show me the resources, where do I need to go? Um, and then we talked together and were able to connect, um, got the family a lot of resources, but able was able to give my class an opportunity to fight back in honor of their classmate, right? So we talked about that. So those resources and that connection to show how the American Cancer Society is making an impact and a difference with people that we're going, um, that we're connecting with. We also want to talk about not only what our own personal stories, but really talk about what the American Cancer Society has accomplished over the past 110 years. 
there is something to be said about the longevity of an organization that also promotes that security and connection that folks want to be connected with. I'm more apt to connect with an organization that I know has been around a little bit and has a rich history um, that I, you know, I really know that I can sink my teeth into to make a difference. So that's a great way to do that. And along with that, we want to make sure that we're keeping our partners um, and our donors and our community partners connected and in informed on what's happening. What are we doing right now with the American Cancer Society? What advances are we making? Um, I love to share with community partners, you know, when we end up with an, a new award winner or a new um, recently funded researcher that has had some groundbreaking, um, groundbreaking breaking research that's been kind of published, those kinds of things to really connect that this is what we're doing, um, which is really, really great. So that's one way that we want to really connect with that impact story. So it's kind of a, a three part, if you will. We wanna really let them know what they're, how they're connecting to that mission and how they're going to benefit our, our, um, our families that are connected to the American Cancer Society. Make it personal, how has the American Cancer Society connected with me? How have I been touched? Um, and then share all of those resources while keeping those to date. Next slide. I see in the chat that an email came out with um, what's been accomplished in the last 110 years. So that's fantastic. If you didn't receive an email, we can double check on um, acsresources.org with some of that information as well. That will be great. So the next part of this is, okay, so we've connected, we've reached out, we're building our network as we get there. And now we wanna make this experience easy. We don't want to make connecting with the American Cancer Society difficult for people. We wanna make the donation experience as easy as possible. So, couple of ways that we can do this, right? So we have some great resources um, that make this as simple as possible. So we can use the fundraising app, right? I know that that's right up on my phone. And anytime I'm anywhere, I can pull that right up and connect quickly with an organization or a person, right? The other thing to do is sometimes there's paperwork that you may want to get connected and have ready to go if there's going to be an in-kind donation or something, some other way that you're connecting with your community partners. If you can come with as much of that information ready to go, it makes that process really simple and seamless for our um, for our partners. We don't wanna put that burden on the donor <laughs> to have to do all the work for us to make that donation and to partner with us. So we're trying to really, um, really work with them. And what this does is it encourages our partners and our donors uh, to connect again, to re-engage because it was so easy and then it was so impactful. So we wanna make sure that that works. Um, we also wanna make sure that we are consistently engaging and, con and continually engaging with our donors. We wanna recognize them. Um, we wanna make sure that this is um, a way that we're connecting and recognizing them in a way that is what they need, right? So spending that time to build that relationship to gain knowledge about their preferences will help us to kind of tailor that, that recognition, right? We also want to let them know how their donation or their support is impacting our event. And we wanna tailor that or impacting the American Cancer Society. We wanna tailor that to what is kind of really meeting their needs. So for example, if it's um, someone who has a strong connection to children, right? Where we're gonna really talk about the impact that the American Cancer Society is um, having with children or really where our goal together is going. You know, some of those things, we're going to really want to tie those pieces in um, because again, we want to engage with that donor. And the more likely, the more that we engage, the more likely they are to spread the word about our event and our network just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Um, we want to communicate uh, information showing what our needs are also could help increase their, um, their engagement and connection, right? If we're letting folks know this is what we need, people may want to um, assist with the cause because it could be something like, oh, I have access to that or I know someone who, and make that really quick and easy. The big part of this is we talk about making it easy, but I touched on it a little bit also is that recognition component. And so I really want to make sure that we um, don't forget to take that part away, that while some folks wanna be recognized very publicly and very big, we wanna make sure that we are expressing our true and sincere gratitude um, for these partners, right? Whether it be a donor, a sponsor, a vendor. Um, and I want to also be really, really mindful that it does not matter what the size of the donation is, right? A $10 donation versus a $10,000 donation, right? We need to show that same amount of gratitude for that person who 
gave us that $10 donation as we would with that person who gave us a $10,000 donation. Um, because regardless of um, how much the donation was, every penny makes a difference along the way. I have relayed with someone who is, his tagline was always, this could be the dollar that finds the cure, right? He would always, that was kind of his, his tagline. This could be the $1 that makes the impact that saves, you know, that kind of a thing. And so I really think back to that, that it doesn't matter how, how large the donation is, but we really want to make sure that we're doing that. Um, we also don't want to let that appreciation end at the time of the donation. Like someone gives us the donation, we do the thank you, we maybe send the, the thank you letter um, a week out. We want to make sure that we're connecting um, and doing that even further out, right? If somebody makes a donation really early on in your relay season, we still want to make sure that we acknowledge and connect with that person and let them know we truly do appreciate what they were able to do. Um, so what you could do, for example, is you may think about um, at the close of your at your relay event, right, acknowledging all of those sponsors and vendors, right, again, even though you've done that already. Maybe you want to um, hit a milestone, right? We've reached the, you know, the $30,000 mark as an event. And so we want to go back and do a quick thank you to all of our all of our donors and all of our sponsors um, to keep that going. Again, it's just that additional spot of we see you and we thank you and we acknowledge what you're doing to help support us in our fight against cancer. So that's another component that we want to make sure that we're doing. All right. Next slide. Okay, perfect. Um, so again, when we're looking at that appreciation, and I kind of touched on this. So there are, these are five kind of big ways that we can show appreciation throughout the relay season, right? That's kind of ongoing as things are coming in. And we want to make sure that we're doing that either by phone call, we're doing that by email, we're doing that um, by letter. I love a good letter or a thank you card. I have them in on my person at all times. They're in my backpack, in my person, in my car. Um, a quick thank you letter um, or, or even a thank you card can really make a big impact. Um, the other way is kind of and really one of those big public ways is through our social media posts and through our event social media posts, either as a personal um, relayer, right? I'm going to thank my don the donations that have come in that I've connected with or my partners, but also as a Relay for Life event, we may use our social media platforms to publicly acknowledge um, those donations, those sponsors, those vendors, those partners to really bring that forward. It's one of those things, right? I'm going to make sure that people know that this organization or this um, person has really connected and invested in the American Cancer Society, and I don't want that to go unnoticed. Um, so that's a great way to do that. Additionally, at our event, this can be done, you know, a million different ways. We have big track signs, you can have PSAs in the middle of ceremonies, you could have um, a lot of different things, you could have kind of um, a sponsor wall, you could have a donor wall, any of those kinds of things to publicly um, make that happen at the event. You also could just add you know, the closing of your event, talk through, or at the, in the beginning of your event, talk that through and acknowledge some of those folks. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Additionally, we have that wrap-up celebration, right? When we really celebrate all of our successes, why not bring in some of your donors that have made a big impact? Um, bring in some of your, your partners that really have connected with the organization and bring them to that wrap-up celebration. And again, a big thank you and a celebration all together that with their support, we were able to do all of this as a big team and really connect that. The bonus of that is now you've engaged someone into a group and maybe you have a new volunteer that wants to join uh, your ELT or be a team captain or, or really engage in a different way with the American Cancer Society. Um, and then one way that I think that we, I don't say, I wanna say we, but I think often gets overlooked and is a way to just reignite is that we've now done a wrap up and we're moving on. So now we're kicking off our new event. Well, why not look back again and thank those donors and those sponsors and those partners from the year before or even the years before to really re-engage and ignite that, those folks. So invite those, those people back to your kickoff event and thank them for all of the support from the previous year. Setting up now, we want our partner again, right? And then reconnecting and thanking them for all that they did last year and how great that was and really building that connection. Um, so that's a great way to do that um, as well. We're bringing in potential volunteers to engage folks in there as they're going through that process. All right, and next slide. So throughout all of this, we've been talking a lot. There's a kind of a thread theme running through here, and it's really about that communication piece. Um, and so really making sure that our volunteers um, and our donors and our partners, sponsors and vendors 
are all really getting um, effective communication. And truly to be effective communication with our organization, we wanna make sure that it's personal. We wanna make sure that it's a custom tailored letter, email, card um, with dynamic content that's gonna appeal to their interests or appeal to their connection to the American Cancer Society, right? Um, we, you know, I have um, a list of, you know, things going of like, oh, I know so-and-so likes the color purple. I'm going to make sure that when I send a thank you card, it's in a purple card, or I'm going to use a purple pen, you know, some of those things. So the more that we engage and connect with our, our partners and learn a little bit about them, we can really personalize that information and keep a database or keeps a sheet or some sort of way so that your ELT really knows like, oh, when we're engaging with this, with this group, here are some things to know um, that really just kind of makes it about them and makes it feel feel very personal. Um, so we want to make sure that we're doing those things. Um, we also want to be mindful of the way that we're communicating with those volunteers, right? If there's an organization and email is not the way they work, let's not email them a thank you. That's not going to be the best way to say thank you. Um, if there's a, an organization or a partner and um, a phone call is the, the best way they want to they're able to connect with you, then make that phone call, right? If you have access to doing, um, call it a snail mail letter, but that kind of a thing, whatever is that really best way to engage, we wanna keep that going. Um, the other part of this is we not only wanna be making these communication um, moments personalized and customized, but we also wanna be keeping notes. And I kind of talked about that, about we're keeping notes as we're learning and thanking folks throughout the time or connecting with them. We also wanna keep those notes alive for the person who's gonna come in behind us and connect with these organizations and people next year or year over year, because then it really is showing a commitment of our organization, not just one person, but truly our organization with this partnership. Um, and that can often, just one small act of that can say so much to a partnering organization to say, I'm in, I'm committing, they've committed to me, I'm committing to them. Um, so we want to make sure that we uh, keep that relationship going. So that's really a big piece of that um, to make sure that we're really looking through those communication components um, and going, going from there. So I'm looking, I don't see much in the chat. I mean, there's stuff in the chat, but nothing that I need to answer here. So I am excited to get to turn it over um, to my co-lead, uh, Sherry Slovers, to talk about Conducting Productive Meetings. Take it away, Sherry. Okay. Now that I'm off mute, that makes it a little bit easier. Thank you, Jolene. Um, yeah, I definitely have some shoes to fill going forward, but um, I know where to find you if I need you. Um, my name is Sherry Slover, and as Jolene said, I'm... Um, the Relay for Life uh, California Guam Hawaii Division lead. Um, and I'm going to be talking to you about conducting productive meetings. Um, nowadays, many meetings tend to be a waste of time and attendance is low or non-existent. Um, we need to make sure that when we are conducting meetings, you know, is this the best way to um, get the information that we need or the business done that we need done? Um, could some of this be done through or better served or resolved through a letter, email, text, or an in-person conversation? Um, during this training, we want to try to provide you with some thoughts and ideas on how to bring people back to those meetings and to help make your your event more successful and your planning more successful and overall your event successful. So this um, meetings can not only be for your ELTs, but also keep in mind for your team captains. So let's go back a little bit and say, so what is the function and why are we having the meeting? Well, we need to define what that meeting needs to be, what needs to be done, and who will be leading each component. Nowadays, time is a very valued resource for all of us, and we need to make sure that we have an objective in mind for each of our meetings. Um, the meeting should 
always stay on point. And um, one way to do that is to make sure that you have an agenda um, that helps you keep the flow of your meeting going and not have it stall or lag. Oh, previous sites, I'm not done yet. Hey, look. Um, your meeting should um, start and end in time. Again, we want to value people's time. We want to make sure that um, if the meeting is going to run over, you know, allow let them know, hey, it looks like we're going to be a little bit long tonight. Um, if any of you need to get out of here, you know, feel free and we can catch up with you at a later time. So um, give them that opportunity to leave. Um, during your meetings, you want to make sure you might want to make it to where it's not just you conducting the meetings. I know for like ELT, um, you're probably going to want each lead to have a portion of time to where they can do their report backs, where they can tell you what's going on with what they've been working on for the past month or however long it's been since your last meeting. Um, and then that way, it's not just on one person's shoulders conducting the meeting all the time. If an event lead isn't going to be at the meeting, encourage them to send their notes because a lot of times, a lot of the um, tasks that we have to do interact with other leads. So we want to make sure that we are communicating so that everybody knows what's going on and how it may impact or or um, change things that that may change things for them in the future. Um, so if somebody can't get to a meeting, encourage them to let another lead know or check back with the event lead and give them status updates. Um, also let them know that, you know, if there's decisions being made and you have um, some ideas or things that you wanna um, get past the committee, it's encouraged that you be there because if you're not there, it's very hard for your voice to be heard. And we wanna make sure that everybody's voice is heard and valued at every one of our meetings. So um, again, communication needs to be, um, overlapping with other committees. So you wanna make sure that everybody has a voice, that you have a defined decision-making process in place, and that can either be by a consensus or solely made by the event lead and staff. Next slide. Agendas. So, what is an agenda? Do I really need to have an agenda? Why do I need it? Well, agendas are very important because they let the attendees know what to expect when they show up at your meeting. They're also a great way to keep, like I said, your meeting on track. And it's a best, pra and what, a best practice that you may wanna implement is having um, outlines or agendas for the full year as your event progresses. You know, at the beginning, you're going to be planning a kickoff and, 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 you know, a survivor event. So having those things done earlier, maybe later on, your meetings are more on the lines of, hey, we're getting close to the, to our event. What's important now? What things do we need to make sure we've got secured and taken care of for our event before it um, happens? So um, the agendas also are going to help make sure that you are prepared and make the meeting worth attending because they're going to see ahead of time, oh, tonight we're going to be discussing this, um, planning our kickoff meeting or our survivor event. So I need to make sure I'm there so I can put in my input. Agendas also can include informative digestive information so that you're not taking time during your meeting to just go over, oh, what are my goals? What are our goals? Where are we at? How many teams do we have signed up? 
that could all be put on your agenda, giving you valuable time to get business done. Um, one suggestion that I have is um, putting your agenda into sections so that when people see it, they know that, oh, this is just information for information only. This is just, oh, where are we at with our goals and other statistics. From there, you're going to want to have an area of things that we're going to be discussing tonight. So a for discussion area, maybe. And then finally, um, maybe an area of for decision. Where are we going to have or what day is our event going to be? Um, what time? How? What's the length of? These are decision making items that you can have on your agenda and people know ahead of time before they come to their meeting. That way they have time to digest it think about it, and when they come to the meeting, they have creative ideas or input that they wanna share with you at that time. So having agendas is not only a, um, a tool to help you keep things on track, but it also gives the attendees some time to gather their thoughts and ideas and put in their input as well. So next slide, please. So some items that you're gonna wanna include on your agenda, of course, are your event dates, goals, and where you currently are at. Also, um, you may wanna have a special speaker that comes and um, is either doing some, maybe some training or, talking about different aspects of ACS, you might wanna put that on there as well. You're also gonna to wanna to put updates on any projects that you have going on. So let's say um, you're planning your kickoff. You can put an update on there. This is where we stand with, the, uh, with our kickoff. We are one month out, we have a venue, and this is what we're gonna be doing. So that could be right there on your on your agenda. Another thing you're gonna put on there are action items that you're gonna be discussing or determining that night and deadlines. So yes, we have our kickoff coming in one month. We have only two weeks until we need to get our permits in or you know have all of our decorations done. So putting deadlines on there are also good so people know that these things are coming up when they're due and if there's anything they need to do, it, it, it um, gives them a snapshot of what they need to get done and by when. You'll also, like Jolene talk about, recognition. We don't only wanna just recognize our donors and sponsors, but we also wanna recognize those on our team. Um, Everybody likes to have that little pat on the back. So putting in a little bit of recognition during your meeting also is fun and, and encourages people to, um, you know, celebrate others in their Relay community teams. Also, you're going to want to put on any additional items that might need to be discussed. So, um you have everything planned out, but hey, something may have came up and you need to pivot or make some changes. And that would be something you might wanna put on the, your agenda. And then also um, information on any upcoming meetings or events that are coming up. Next slide. So now let's talk about meeting components. You have your agenda, your topics. What's your meeting gonna look like? Getting everyone to work on a team can be difficult, especially um, a lot of events are reinventing themselves and their communities or relay communities have gotten lar larger. So some people that are coming on board may not be um, as familiar with other people or may be there for a first time and not know anybody. So we encourage having, of course, your mission moment. We always want to have a mission moment, 
um, having some sort of an icebreaker or team builder. So then that way people can can get to know each other um, and um, learn how they can work together better. So it can be take only a few minutes. It could be as simple as just in everybody introduce themselves and maybe why they relay or uh, a special interest that they may have. Um, or it could be a little bit um, more engaging where people are sharing a little bit more of, a, of personal aspects of themselves and making it a little bit challenging. Um, I always thought fundraise, uh, icebreakers were fun um, because I got to know things about the people that I'm working with that I may have never known before. Also, you want to make sure that you're welcoming any new people to your team and um, giving them um, some recognition. Um, the uh, reviewing current numbers and updates from the previous meeting is also good. So anything that was decided last time, you may want to provide updates. So you may have had a change to your lineup for the day of event. That would be a good time to say, hey, so we had a, a band that dropped out. We've made some changes and that can all be discussed um, at that time. The bulk of the meeting should be focused on project updates from all of your um, committee members and any challenges that they may have. Sometimes um, we may not know that um, our entertainment chair is having problems filling some slots. Bringing it out at a meeting gives us all an opportunity to say, hey, we're here to help. How uh, Maybe we know somebody that can, can uh, a band or a DJ that can fill in for that period of time for them. So making sure that um, you get all the updates out there is, is good so that you can help um, plan for future success or needs that may come up. Um, be sure to follow your agenda. Don't dwell on trivial things. Um, that is some, anything that's trivial can be held outside of your meeting. Or again, like I said previously, in an email, a phone call, or an in-person conversation at a later date. We want to keep things going and not lose people's interests. When a decision needs to be made, get a series of um, ideas, options, and get them without having any objections at first. If somebody comes up and says, well, I think we should have our relay for 10 hours, write it down. Somebody else may say, no, I think we need to have our relay for 16 hours. Write it all down. And once you get every, without any objections to why it can't be done or it should be done that way, just write it all down, get it, get it on paper. And then that's an item that um, you, you can communicate with each other and talk about and discuss and make a decision on. When a course of action is decided on, ensure it is delegated and followed up on for your next meeting. Um, should you be able to get a consensus at this meeting? If there is no deadline for whatever you're working on, um, that can be carried over to your next meeting. It, if it's not that important and you can't get a consensus, don't spend time on that at this time. Put it down for something to be cited at a later date. Again, round out your uh, meeting with um, recognition or accomplishments that your event may have had. Um, maybe you reached a certain goal that you had. Make sure it's communicated out there um, so that everybody knows what's going on and, and 
give themselves that little pat on the back for all the hard work that they've been doing. Um, it That can be a sense of unity for the team and gets everyone refocused on the reason why they're there. Okay, next slide. Sorry, my voice is going out a little bit. <laughs> um, make sure your meetings are productive and enjoyable. Um, did you provide, think about, you know, am I going to be providing good information? Um, were we able to share something new or a good learning experience for everybody? Did everyone feel like they've been heard and that their input has been valued? Um, that's the reason why we don't want, when people are bringing in ideas, we don't want to right away give objections to those ideas. And we don't want to be a cheerleader. We want to be in that middle ground where we can put it all down and discuss it as a team and make decisions on it. Um, like this slide says, when we're asking people to volunteer and attend meetings, we're asking for one of their most valuable things in their lives, and that's their time. So we want to make sure that their time is valued and that we're being productive. Next slide. Meeting options. Nowadays, we have so many options on how to do meetings. We want to make sure that when we are having meetings, um, we want to make sure that it makes sense to bring in the most people and for our community and is the most productive for our time. So meetings can be held in person, online. It could be a mix of both. Maybe you have people that aren't able to get to an in-person meeting. So you can do an in-person and online meeting at the same time. Or you can do a hybrid, something that you know or your committee has felt would be the most value for their time. So whatever it looks like for you and your committee and community, that's how you want to do your meeting. It doesn't have to just be in person or just online. So you need to make what choose what makes sense for the majority of the people to get the best outcome. And next slide. So what are your next steps for your meeting? Well, first you're gonna wanna decide what kind of meeting works for your committee. We can provide you the tools. We can, there's plenty of tools out there, or plenty of ideas, but you are the captain of your ship. So you have to think about what is best. Don't let, don't let others take control of your meeting. Stick to your agenda so your meeting is productive. And with that being said, make sure you have some fun at your meetings. Um, don't be monotone if you're just sitting up there like this and reading an agenda. People aren't going to want to engage. They're not going to want to come back to a meeting. If your meeting is exciting or is productive, people are, will tend more to want to make sure that they're there for the next time. You also may want to kind of move around in the room a little bit if you're standing up speaking. You don't want to just sit there. You want to give them something to kind of focus on and engage with them. Show your passion so, and let others show theirs. Um, this movement, relay movement, was all built on passion. So let's keep that passion going. And like I said, make it to where people are going to say, I, you know, I'm putting this date on my calendar for the next meeting. I don't want to miss out. I want to make sure I'm there. Realize that you're not going to be perfect. Um, you're going to make mistakes and 
what you need to do is just let them go and continue on with your business. You may even want to make a joke of it. You know, you're showing your human side. And I think that people can, um, can relate to that a lot more. So if you make a mistake, just go ahead, move on and keep going. Think about what's important now and share that using the three E's. Be energetic, engaging, and empowering. And that's all I have. Hopefully you got a few tools or tricks or ideas on how to make your meeting um, productive. And now we're going into our third quarter. Or I'm sorry, ending our third quarter and going into our fourth quarter with Heidi. And she's going to be talking about mission impact. Hi, everybody. Thank you for hanging in there with us. We know we're kind of running a little late, but we're going to get you through all this information. So I am talking about mission impact. And this is really why we do what we do. What we do supports the mission of the American Cancer Society. So while we don't have all our numbers yet for 2023, because it's just January, it was estimated. Did somebody say something? Nope. It was estimated in 2022 that we would have um, 1.9 million new cancer diagnoses and that more than 600,000 people would succumb to cancer. And that's why the work that ACS, which is including us because we are the, the face and the voice of ACS in our communities, that's why the work is so important. We need to make sure that the American Cancer Society is the leading cancer fighting organization with the vision to end cancer as we know it for everyone. We are the only organization that improves the lives of people with cancer and their families through advocacy, research, and patient support to ensure that everyone has an opportunity to prevent, detect, treat, and survive cancer. Thank you for all of your efforts through Relay for Life. ACS is able to touch more than 55 million lives each year, and we have a presence in over 20,000 communities. We are truly a nationwide organization, and our impact is apparent. We had a 33% decline in cancer mortality in the last 23 years. That's huge. I know as a cancer survivor, I'm glad I'm still alive. So here's how ACS does its work in advocacy, research, and discovery, and direct patient support. Next slide. So we have advocacy, research, patient support. So when people say, what is the mission of the American Cancer Society? This is what we do. We advocate, we fund research, and we provide patient support. So between ACS and ACS CAN's advocacy efforts, we have made access to breakthroughs in cancer prevention, detection, treatment, and survivorship in all 50 states, Puerto Rico, and Guam. Together, collectively, we advocate to fund increases for cancer research, to drive innovation in cancer screenings, diagnostics, and treatment. We work together to reduce the tobacco burden, which is still a leading cause of preventable cancer death. We work we're working hard to close the Medicaid coverage gap so everyone has affordable insurance options. And we're expanding access to biomarker testing to ensure that it is there is equitable access to advances in precision medicine. None of this can be done without all of us. So when you think you're not having an impact, you are. So some of the things that we are also doing locally is we have, um, you can set up your ACS CAN page on Donor Drive if you go to fightcancer.org to raise um, the, the monies for advocacy in ACS CAN. And that website that you set up for your event will be credited to your event and you can have a link and that way you can become an ACSCAN event with a minimum of 40 members. Every team can become an ACSCAN club team with a minimum of 10 members. And research has shown that the more people are active in ACS and ACSCAN, the more donations 
that they are able to drive to both organizations. So don't be worried about the $10 donation to or join membership to join ACS Scan, that that's going to take away from your fundraising. It doesn't. There are many, many studies that prove we do much better when we all work together. Um, right now we're having the PSA for him campaign going on, which is statewide. And there's um, posts that have been made about that. And if you get those emails, I want you to make sure that you're answering them and you're you're sharing them on Facebook because your voice added to everybody else's makes a huge impact. We are um, in Michigan. Our big win this past year was we finally got oral chemotherapy fairness passed after 15 years. So a lot of these advocacy programs take forever. The same was true with smoke free. If you live in the state of Michigan, you realize we are one of the last states to ever pass anything. So we, <laughs> it's true. We always have to go. We're one of seven that haven't passed it yet, but don't give up. And if you need help with advocacy, Brian or Susie, you can put my contact information in the chat. I'm happy to talk with anybody about how we can get more voices added. So just be patient. You can go to cancer.org and find your state. Um, and find what's going on in your state. You can find what's being researched. If you go to fightcancer.org, you can see what campaigns by state on the right-hand side, it'll say my state and you pick your state and it'll show you specifically what's going on in your state. So you can talk to those things at your meetings. So there's lots of stuff going on with advocacy. Let's do research. We are, this is makes me happy. We are the primary private non-funder for cancer research in the country. So besides the, the federal government, we provide the most funding for cancer research. It was established in 1946 with a million dollars from fundraising efforts. And today ACS invests more than 400 million in grants that drive research breakthroughs in prevention, detection, treatment, and survivorship. We've invested more than 3 billion in cancer research since 1991. 3 billion. We've been contributing to the 3.5 million cancer, fewer cancer deaths as a result of these breakthroughs through this research. 419 million has been invested in multi-year cancer research grants at approximately 200 institutions funding advances that improve lives. Diversity in Cancer Research Program provides grants to HBCU medical schools and supports cancer health equity research centers at minority serving institutions. So we're not only talking the talk, but we're walking the walk. We're trying to close that gap um, for the minorities that have health disparities that we're just not reaching them. We're funding grant projects to eliminate health disparities with a focus on prevention, early detection and access to care in our marginalized communities. And ACS researchers have pioneered breakthroughs in early detection and survivorship and continue to release annual cancer incident and mortality data for the nation, which has had more than 90,000 citations in 2021. So people are looking to ACS for the most up-to-date information on cancer research. We are cited on a lot of things that are published. And now patient support. Um, if you've ever heard the words, you have cancer, you know your world stops. And it's difficult which is why for more than a century, ACS has been helping millions of people ac access the resources that they need during and after cancer treatments. The direct support and education for people with cancer, their caregivers and clinicians is available in more than 20,000 communities and through many online resources. We have patient support efforts that help people prevent cancer in the US and globally through evidence-based prevention programs of impact. We're establishing cancer screening guidelines to help people catch cancer early when it may be easier to treat. We're reducing barriers to quality care by providing more than 300,000 free rides to appointments, more than 300,000 free nights of lodging when treatment is far from home, and offering patient navigation through individualized support to patients, families, and caregivers. We provide information and support that has touched more than 53 million lives to date. 53 million, including our 24-7 Cancer Helpline, Cancer.org website, and online peer support community for patients, caregivers, and survivors. We also created the National Consortium for Cancer Screening and Care, ACS National.
National Consortium. It's a collective national response to the COVID-19 pandemic's detrimental impact on cancer screening and care. So we're still trying to make sure people, because of the pandemic, that didn't get their care, that we're embracing them and getting them back in where they need to go to get their screenings. Um, so we have done a lot of hard work. We've done amazing work every day, which all of you as relayers can take credit for all of these things. And we do this because we are the American Cancer Society. So we should have a video coming up. At the American Cancer Society, we exist to end cancer as we know it, for everyone. Everyone, like the one in two men or one in three women still at risk of getting cancer in their life. A reality that only motivates us to do more. Like funding breakthrough cancer research and using advocacy to affect meaningful change. More like enhancing patient access to quality care and supporting patients in their cancer journey. All with the sole purpose of ensuring everyone has an opportunity to prevent, detect, treat, and survive cancer. From our dedicated ACS team members to our cherished volunteers and partners, we won't stop until we're able to have a meaningful impact on every cancer and every life. That's why we do all that we do. From our Hope Lodge communities, providing a home away from home for people with cancer and their caregivers, to our work to close the Medicaid gap to ensure affordable treatments and access for all via our American Cancer Society Cancer Action Network. It's why we've funded billions in research, contributing to 3.5 million less cancer deaths. And that's only scratching the surface of all that we do. Our organization isn't one that just talks. We act. And when we act, we affect millions of cancer journeys every day. Together, let's continue to take on every cancer and change every life. American Cancer Society. Every cancer, every life. I love that video. I find it very impactful. Um, and I loved whoever brought up to go to your, your State Cancer Action Day. That is a great way to get involved. So if you need more information about the advocacy efforts, the research initiatives, patient support programs that are happening in your local area, work with your staff partner, work with your ACS CAN grassroots manager and your health system staff. And they can help you sh showcase how the donations are making an impact close to home. So now I'm gonna flip the ball over to Susie. Hopefully I didn't fumble. <laughs> nice reference, thank you. Um, since we're running a little late and we wanna have time for everybody's questions, uh, we are going to uh, postpone the voice of the customer discussion. And we're actually thinking we may do it as a uh, pop-up training or maybe something recorded and uh, get the staff person who is in charge of voice of the customer to come on. So, okay, over time, that's good, Sarah. Um, so uh, maybe we'll just have a little scrimmage uh, later for, for the voice of the customer. Uh, but, you know, uh, I wanted to thank um, our presenters tonight, uh, Jolene and Sherry and Heidi, y'all did a great job. Um, and I have to thank our coaches, our staff partners, Caleb Boswell and Brian Sherwood, who uh, do run of show and answer uh, chats and everything. The chat has been remarkable tonight. Thank you guys so much for being so engaged and appreciate your time and attention. Um, I think we got a ton of great information tonight. Uh, anybody, uh, you know, we're going to have, I'd put a little plug in there about somebody had asked about ACS resources and navigating around. Um, we're going to have a training um, on January 25th, Relay 101. And a section of that is navigating around ACS resources. So hopefully you'll be able to join us for that. Uh, and again, it's the same site that you signed up for this, acsresources.org slash Relay for Life slash training. Um, so, it, and if you're interested in getting the text, it's RFL train 
to 215-274-0329. And so you know what happens right after training camp, guys. Um, It's the beginning of our season. So um, please share any of your information, any of this that we've had will be, this will all be on ACS resources, the recording and everything. Um, Anybody have any questions? I'm not been able to look at the chat for a little bit. Does anybody want to come off mute? We've got a little bit more time in our allotted time. Um, Registration link. Susie, so there are folks asking about the code, the text code you read, and uh, rather than put that in the chat, or I guess somebody did put that in the chat, I'll also put the link to our training landing page that has coming trainings, recordings, it has that text code on it, um, and the podcast version of the trainings in case you want to listen to it while you walk your dog. (laughs) Speaking for a friend, right, Brian? Right. (laughs) Yeah. In case you sit at your computer for too long, <laughs> like someone I know. <laughs> uh, anybody have anything that they'd like to come off mute and say, or we cover? Well, um, this is this. Hi, Brian. It's Penny. How are you? Um, hey, so Penny. I got I put in there that about a, a an icebreaker that we did years and years ago. Um, it's an old ACS trick called the fly swatter game. And a couple people have pinged me and like, what is it? What is it? So here's the fly swatter game. It's too many words to put in the chat. So you take a bunch of post-it notes and you, you write, uh, you're going to put the answers to questions about ACS. Like what year was ACS founded, but you're also going to put several wrong ones. So you have like, 40 or 50 post-it notes on the wall with right or wrong answers. You divide your meeting into two teams and uh, each team has a fly swatter that's a pass off thing. You ask uh, a question like what year was the very first Relay for Life, which is 1985. And the first person to swat it with the fly swatter, they win a point for their team. And you rotate through everybody and you ask questions like, statistically, how many women one and how many women are going to face breast cancer in their lifetime. And you just do fun things like that. And, uh, you know, who is, who is the founder of Relay? And you have right and wrong answers up there. How many Nobel laureates has ACS funded research with? Um, sorry, I've got a three-month-old puppy who's a little momentous here. Um, but it's, it's just kind of a fun, really fun icebreaker. And all it takes is a pad of Post-it notes, a uh, little bit of research and questions and two fly swatters. And it is a boot. I I myself wondered what that was. And that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> All right. Anybody else? Well, I just want to say thank you to everybody that took the time to put this presentation together because I think most of us know that that was no easy task in and of itself. And I'm sure people were just sitting on their hands, just waiting to raise their little hands up. Um, But thank you all so much. Um, You know, I've been relaying for 15 years and I still learned a whole lot through this. Um, So I, and I appreciate your time and the long days and everything else that you do to help keep us on the ball. Thank you. Well Shelley. done, you guys. Well Thanks. done. Thanks, guys. It was a true team effort. Yes. <laughs> it was a uh it was actually a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun doing it and we came up with way too much content. So <laughs> there there's there we will give you guys a link to all of this content and the notes. So if you want to do trainings on your own with your ELTs, you know, in a small setting. Uh, If there's a topic that's particularly interesting to you all, there's much more information than what we shared. So that will be available to you too. So anybody else? Um, If everybody just wants to give me tomorrow, I'll get both of the recordings and all the resources and stuff from this week posted on our ACS training page and everybody will have access to it. We'll send out an email to everybody who RSVP'd. I'm letting you know when it's posted. 
Awesome. Thank you. And by the way, the slides and everything, it'll probably be a couple of weeks before that all gets posted because we do have in-person trainings going on and we don't want to take away from those experiences with having all the, the content out there. So uh, it, it will come. So, but thank you guys so much. Um, you know, and with the season starting up for Relay, best, best of luck. If you need anything, please reach out. Our, my contact information is on acsresources.org and uh, happy to con talk with anybody. So holler if you need anything and thank you so much for everything you do and best of luck this year. Thank you. Yeah, everybody.